Well, good morning. It is good to be back. Um, now, I was, I was with my granddaughters last weekend, so I just, I, I didn't miss you at all. I just, I, sorry. Uh, but it was, it was great to be with her. Appreciate Scott filling in, and it is, it is good to be back. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Tennessee has a new law that you cannot drive and talk on your cell phone. Did you know that? Some of you found out the hard way, didn't you? Huh? Yeah, it cost you a couple hundred bucks uh, to be reminded that you cannot talk on your cell phone. You cannot text on your cell phone while you are driving. Uh, it got to a point in our nation where distracted driving, people who are trying to do too many things while they're driving the car, was as dangerous as driving under the influence. As many people were being hurt, as many accidents were being caused by people who were trying to text or talk on the phone or dial the phone while they were driving as people driving under the influence. So state of Tennessee joined a lot of other states in the nation that you cannot drive and text. You cannot drive and talk on the phone. You have to pay attention to what you're doing. Inattentive driving is what they call it inattentive driving and if it is that expensive and that dangerous to drive inattentively then how expensive is it to live that way as Jesus reminds us in the great commandment stand with me in honor of God's word as we hear the importance of paying attention. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Help us, dear Jesus, to pay attention to those things that ultimately matter. And we pray this in your name. Amen. This concludes our series of sermons on um, the great commandment and the whole life, uh, the whole way, uh, and all of that. And we're wrapping it up with this focus on what Jesus is saying. Uh, to love God with all of your mind. Now, the interesting thing about this is that you know by now that the genius of Jesus is that he combined two commandments that the Jews would have been familiar with. One is found in Deuteronomy. One is found in Leviticus. The one in Deuteronomy is the famous Shema. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, 
all of your soul, and all of your strength. He adds that one to Leviticus 19, where it says that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Now, are you paying attention? Did you see something? Did you notice something that was missing? Neither commandment in Leviticus, neither the commandment in Deuteronomy have the word or the idea of mind. Jesus adds that. He edits the passage in Deuteronomy to contain the word mind. Now, let's remember it's his book. He can do whatever he wants to with it. Okay, but probably what happened is by this time, the Greek philosophy had, been, had started to affect the entire world. In fact, Rome did not uh, so much come up with a new philosophy as much as it did Latinize uh, the philosophy of the Greeks. So you have this understanding that the human person is mind, body, and spirit. Mind, body, and soul. That's where we get that from. And so Jesus is probably paying attention to his congregation and understanding that they no longer see the heart as the place where decisions are made. In the Old Testament, when you hear somebody talking about heart, they're really talking about the place where decisions are made. Uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay? Now, we understand what that means, but we also know that you don't think with your heart. You think with your brain, your mind. And so now, Jesus adds this word. Love the Lord your God with all of your mind. Now, that is an interesting thing. So how do we love God with our mind? My dad had a couple of sayings. My dad was a, a very funny guy. And, and when I would mess up, he would say, son, have you lost your mind? That was one of them. The other one was, are you in your right mind, boy? Okay, as if I got up that morning and said, right mind, wrong mind, right mind, wrong. I think I'll go with the wrong mind today. No one does that. No one thinks that way. But we look at our world today, we look at some of our own decisions, we look at our families, and we say, you know, somebody's not in their right mind mind. You can't make some of the decisions that we're making as a culture and be in your right mind. Now, do you remember Romans 1? We always love to preach about Romans 1 because it lists all the sins of the world and you can see Baptist preachers get all sweaty and red-faced going through that chapter. Now listen, we miss it because all of that is symptoms. In Romans 1, God said, or Paul says, that because people would not acknowledge God, because they would not think about God, because they would not pay attention to God, God gave them over to a depraved mind and all of these things happened. God gave them over to a corrupt mind. They are in their wrong mind and can't do right. That's what Paul writes. Gave them over to a corrupt mind. 
and they can't do right. Not a matter of want to, can't, because their mind can't process the truth without acknowledging the person of God. Amen. They're in their wrong mind. How does that happen? Let me give you another word for mind. Attention. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all of your attention. What is it that you pay attention to? We live in what we call now the attention economy, where everybody is trying to get your attention. Uh, a successful business now on the internet is measured by how much attention it gains from you. Uh, will you look at the web page? How long will you stay on the web page? It is all about can we get you to look over here? So now we live in a culture that is all about the flash, all about the blinking lights, all about the glitter, because that's what we pay attention to. But people who study these things tell us we pay attention to all the wrong things. How many of you are afraid of being bit by a snake? Me. Don't like snakes. If I had been in the, in the third chapter of Genesis, the Bible would have ended right there. <laughs> and Mike saw the snake and ran. We haven't seen him since. That would have been the entire Bible, okay? All right, how many of you are worried about eating too much fat? See, you're more likely to die of a heart attack than you are snake bite. Do you know that? In fact, it is overwhelmingly more. But we'll pay attention to snakes while we're eating the triple-decker hamburger. <laughs> if you pay attention to the wrong things, you end up following those things to the wrong place. Sure. One of my favorite stories is found in Mark. And it's a story of Jesus healing the Gerizim demoniac. You remember the guy? The guy who was possessed by so many demons that they couldn't contain him. If they tied him with ropes, he would break the ropes. If they chained him, he would break the chains. And he would live in, among the tombs and he would scream at night and cut himself trying to get rid of the pain that was inside. And when Jesus lands on the shore, this man runs up to Jesus and says, don't hurt me. Everybody that had come had hurt him before. Don't hurt me. Jesus cast the demons out. And the man sits down with the disciples and he starts to learn from Jesus. The crowd from the city sees all of the ruckus and comes to see what had happened. And Mark tells us they see this man fully clothed, get this, and in his right mind. Amen. Fully clothed and in his right mind. 
his salvation experience is described as the process of helping this man find his right mind, of Jesus healing this man and putting him in his right mind. Paul writes in Philippians, I want to know Jesus. Everything flows from that moment of attention. So what are you paying attention to? What images fill your mind? What conversations dictate your behavior? What are you paying attention to? All my life, I heard, pay attention, Mike. Yeah, all my life, I heard, if you got attention deficit disorder, no. I didn't. I had plenty of attention. I wasn't out of attention. I just wasn't paying attention to what you wanted me to pay attention to. I thought something else was more interesting than what you were talking about. That didn't work well in marriage. I'm learning to focus. But I was always a curious fellow. I wanted to know about things. I wanted to know what made things work. I wanted to know what was behind the screen. I wanted to know how that happened. I wanted to know who this person was. I wanted to know a lot of things. And so if you weren't talking fast enough or if you weren't interesting enough, I would go find something out about something else. Now, sometimes I didn't know what was on the test. But I knew a lot of interesting stuff. <laughs> what does God have to do to get your attention? What does God have to do to get you to pay attention to those things that matter? What does God have to do to get you to focus on Him? Not because He is that insecure and that jealous. It's that focusing your attention on anybody else or anything else puts you in your wrong mind. A depraved mind, a corrupt mind that literally cannot do right. It's only when you focus your attention there. Well, how do you do that? One, you create time to study the Word. Now, I, I know you keep waiting for us to come up with a new idea, don't you? <laughs> Something more interesting. Something, no, there's nothing else. This is what the Lord has given to us, His Word. And He wrote it down for you, and He put it right in front of you in a language you can understand. Now, I know you're hearing all of this stuff. Well, you know, the Bible's not that. We are, we are dead sure that we have accurately interpreted, accurately translated about 98%, 99% of the Scripture. You know that? That's how confident we are we've gotten it right. Uh, now, the other 1% or 2%, it's usually uh, a king's name. 
is spelled with a C instead of a K. That kind of stuff. But the depth of the text, the truth of the text is as reliable as the day it was written down in Aramaic or Greek or Hebrew. And it's right in front of you. Every time there has been a serious work of God among his people, it started when the people started praying again and started reading the scripture again. There's no exception to those two common things. So what are you paying attention to? Well, Mike, I am busy. Too busy to talk to God? You must be somebody. If you can tell yourself, I'll talk to God later. I have to get this important thing done now. You can't miss the news, although the news never changes. The problem with 24-hour news is there's not 24 hours worth of news. Or they wouldn't be telling us about an auto wreck in Idaho. (laughs) But yet, this creates a drag on your attention. To the point now that we're told by the internet producers that the average adult attention span is eight seconds. Eight seconds. Read the Word. Meditate on the Word. You know what the word meditate? Now, I know meditate's all the rage, right? If you go to work, you can, be, you can get a class on meditation. It helps you relieve stress and all of that. The world's t- technique of meditation is to empty your mind. The biblical meditation is to fill your mind. They are not the same. Okay? Now, the good thing is when somebody tells you to meditate, they can't control what you meditate on. You can think about whatever you want to think about. So you think about God's Word. Every day, the psalmist writes, I meditate on your Word. What does that mean? It means to chew slowly. Okay, I told you a few weeks ago, right? It's that moment when you're eating breakfast and you get just the right amount of pancake and the right amount of butter and the right amount of syrup. Okay, and that is perfection. And you know it. What do you do when you do? You put that in your mouth. Oh, no, you slow down. You don't eat this fast, you slow down, right? This is so rare a moment to get everything just right, you slow down. That is the biblical picture of studying God's Word. You read it, you chew on it. What does this mean for me? How would I live this out? What does it mean to love God with all your heart? What does it mean for you to love God with all of your desire? to want nothing else but a relationship, a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, to know him in all of the depth of who he is, all of the glory. What does it mean to love God with all of your essence? With all of your attention?
attention. When I was in Edgefield, South Carolina, the National Wild Turkey Federation is in Edgefield, South Carolina. Now you're snickering. I did too. It's a multi-million dollar operation focusing on the preservation, the well-being, and the hunting of wild turkeys. Now these guys who work there can walk through the woods and tell you how many turkeys there are in those woods. They can tell you where they eat. They can tell you where they sleep. And they would tell me during the month of November and April, don't plant anything, preacher. That's turkey season. You can't hunt on Sunday. No, we go out when we put them to bed. Okay. Now, I would walk through those same woods. I wouldn't see anything. They knew what to look for. They knew how to pay attention. God is in and around and under your life, every moment of your day. And we can't see him because we don't know how to pay attention. We don't know how to recognize him. We don't know how to see him. We don't know how to pay attention. And because our mind is corrupted, we can't do right. So I'll bring you back to the question. What does God have to do to get your attention? What does God have to do to get you to focus? Now, I know we live in a culture that has a fear of missing out. Well, Mike, if I'm doing this, I'm going to miss out on something else. Let me give you something that you're going to miss out on. You're going to miss out on the very life you were created to live. You're going to miss out on the very thing you were created to do. You're going to miss out on who you were created to be all because you weren't willing to pay attention. So what are you paying attention to? Because you will follow whatever you're paying attention to and you will end up to wherever it is taking you. I pray that as you walk out of here today, you'll walk out of here in your right mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your attention. Let's pray together. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just be honest with yourself. Nobody's watching, nobody's paying attention. Just be honest with yourself. What has your attention? What catches your eye? What catches your heart?
if you're not paying attention to Jesus, then you're going to miss everything that matters. Now, I know you're paying attention to the pain of your past mistakes, of things that went wrong. I understand that. But that's not what Jesus is paying attention to. Jesus is paying attention to you because he's here now to redeem you, to pull you out of that, to pull you out of your past into a future that you cannot even imagine. I know I'm saying a whole lot and just a handful of words. Our counselors, our ministers are waiting for you out at a table. You'll see a big sign that says next steps. They want to continue this conversation. They want you to walk out of here where you focus on Jesus and Jesus alone and everything that comes from that. Perhaps it's time to come be part of Brentwood Baptist Church. You come. The church is waiting for you where you are. The Lord waits for you as you will come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray now you will help us pay attention.